millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Are you in fashion? fashion? I'm not too into fashion, eh? I don't know, I don't know how to answer that one. Expressing yourself on the outside, even though you know who you are, showing people a little bit of what matters to you. What piece of the world you are by what you wear and what you decide how you present yourself. Which perfectly segues into this episode of Heels. Hello, I'm Sonia Sly, and I think the girls have hit the nail on the head. Like, there are lots of different ways we present ourselves to the world, right? It can be social, cultural, or both. And in this episode of Heels, I'm on a mission to find out about an iconic garment, taking a closer look at how clothing can be a social and cultural identifier. I'm exploring that through the realm of... You guessed it, the Aloha shirt. So what's your idea of the Hawaiian shirt, as we commonly call it? Is there one stuffed in the back of your wardrobe? Do you collect every possible shade and print you come across? Or do you think they're tacky? Whether you love them or loathe them, the Hawaiian shirt is here to stay. Now, I won't be travelling to Hawaii, unfortunately, but just to set the tone... It's a soundtrack to Magnum P.I., an 80s US television show about a private detective living in Hawaii with Tom Selleck in the lead. His character, let's just say, was no stranger to the Aloha shirt, donning it with a baseball cap atop his curly head and trademark moustache, which, hmm, I just can't get past. While you're pondering those marvellous visuals, I'm heading to De Papa to see their collection. 16 and a onesie. A onesie? Where's the onesie? (laughs) Seriously, so cute. You know, the aloha shirt is sort of like the lei, is an item which sort of comes to sum up, in a way, the spirit of Hawaii. This is curator Claire Reno. Along with intern Sonia Withers, they went to Hawaii to look at the aloha shirt and work by contemporary native Hawaiian designers. And how they were utilising the aloha shirt to express their values and culture and also have a look at some historical uh, aloha shirts that, and to explore how Hawaii had been represented and at times misrepresented. The origins of the Hawaiian shirt have been linked to early Japanese and Filipino settlers. It's got a rich history and quite a complex history and I think still people don't quite know what the exact truth is. People say that some of the design elements came from the palaka shirt which was um, sort of worn um, as a work shirt on the plantations. There was a particular um, tailor in Honolulu who began producing shirts and um, sort of Japanese silk fabrics and I think he was the first to actually say, you know, patent or say aloha shirt. Yeah, so it sort of came together from quite a number of angles. But the area of interest for Te Papa's collection and research is aloha shirts as an expression of Hawaiian culture. We met with probably about 10 indigenous 
designers. So they're using their designs to educate people and share the values and knowledge about Indigenous Hawaiian culture. So for, say, someone like Zig Zane, um, he and his wife formed their company, Zig Zane Designs, in 1985. They are a family that is steeped in hula culture. He's particularly very interested in all the plants associated with hula. As in the dance form accompanied by chant, rather than hula hooping. So he sort of sees the clothes almost as... Similar to those lay, so when you wear those clothes with those patterns, you know, you take on the symbolism. Within hula, the lay will be made out of different plants and it depends on what dance and what they're trying to communicate as to what plant I think will often be chosen. So let's just have a look at the collection of shirts. So there are long sleeve, short sleeve, different types of colours and each of them has quite a unique pattern they are just so rich and you can spend a lot of time looking at them and learning so much. So with our selection we have a few very early ones. From that sort of real sort of high peak of tourism in Hawaii, early 20th century sort of 1920s to 1960s is sort of considered that um, high point in Hawaiian tourism and the excitement of ocean travel. And this shirt it's by Surfriders, and it's a souvenir shirt. So what it depicts is the SS Lure Line, which was a big luxury ocean liner that travelled from the west coast, from California, to Honolulu. And it was run by Matson Navigation Company, and it was one of four big luxury cruises that sort of went around the Pacific. Matson had sort of cornered the Pacific at that time. The print is very, very literal including a picture of the luxury liner sailing through a lay, people coming and going on the ship, throwing streamers in the air. It's celebratory. And let's not forget the colours, because colour is a major component of the Aloha shirt. They're, you know, loud and proud. Or at least that's the popularised stereotype, which just might be blown out of the water shortly. Red background um, with a beautiful yellow lay, but you could also get it in white, you could also get it in black. But we really what it represented was the experience of that sort of travel. The catchphrase was, the lure line is Hawaii. <laughs> which <laughs> I think is somewhat, somewhat of an exaggeration. So this would have been um, you know, worn as a souvenir and you could get them in his and her. Speaking of souvenirs, apparently locals can spot a tourist a mile away. Well, maybe we all can, but just based purely on the kind of Aloha shirt they might be wearing. So, those in the know buy the Aloha shirts from local designers rather than the tourist stores. So, I just have to ask, though, what is an Aloha shirt? What makes it authentic? I've got one at home. Well, I think it is. It's sleeveless with a white background in pink and yellow and has kittens integrated into it. You know, like, so is it misappropriation of an Aloha shirt design? Is it even an Aloha shirt? So some people would technically say that is not a Hawaiian shirt. So when we asked a lot of people, like, what is an Aloha shirt? We had so many fantastic conversations around that. So someone gave us a very technical definition and that it needs to be, if not made in Hawaii, conceived in Hawaii. The fabric needs to have been, again, designed in Hawaii. It needs to have a Hawaiian or Pacific or tropical pattern. Okay. <laughs> i.e. not kittens. 
a good Hawaiian shirt has a perfectly matched pocket and perfectly matched placard, so you never have a broken mm. pattern. So there are other little technical things. Well, that's very technical for them to be able to do that with the fabric, isn't it? Well, it's more expensive, yes. but I think it shows their commitment. And, you know, doesn't break up the story that's so vividly marked on the shirt. Otherwise, I guess it's like reading a book with a page torn out. So then when you get into kittens or maybe you get into bottles of wine, there's that other terrible thing called the barbecue shirt. Oh, no. I've got a barbecue shirt. So I think the Aloha shirt is quite specific. But we have an Aloha shirt over here with, by a Hawaiian company, um, Tory Richards, but which has Egyptian patterns on it. And this was given to us by our collaborator, Noelle Kahanu, and it belonged to her grandfather. I was going to say, it's got a 70s collar and yeah, 70s kind yeah. of lime colours. And she went through um, a process with him. He had a massive wardrobe of hundreds and hundreds of Aloha shirts and went through a, you know, yes to keep note. And when we first met with her and we were going through shirts and she showed us this, that threw up the question. It's like, how is that an Aloha shirt? I don't understand. And then another person at the table said, that's an Aloha shirt because her grandpa wore it. One of his grandchildren lived in Egypt. So through the pattern, it connected him to her. And that's what another designer said to us from Wahine Toa that an aloha shirt is only an aloha shirt once it's worn and once you put your love into it. The technical version and then there's this much more sort of emotional yeah. version of the shirt. I think I'm starting to feel the love. Yeah. <laughs> a much, it's an older shirt I think from the 60s or 70s by Walter Clark and the designs on it come from a series of murals created by Eugene Savage in the late 1930s for the uh, Matson Navigation Company and the murals were printed on the menus for cruises like the SS Lurline. Um, and, you know, he spent some time in Hawaii um, studying the culture, did the, about six amazing murals, and they're very, quite, they've got an art deco look a little bit like Lois White. You know, everything's quite rhythmic. But um, one of the murals, um, which is reprinted on the back of this shirt, features the annexation of Hawaii. So it was when the Hawaiian monarchy was overthrown. I mean, it's really got like a full story on this shirt, hasn't it? It does, it does. Of course, um, you know, the overthrow of the monarchy, here you've got everybody, including Native Hawaiians, celebrating that event, which of course is not a realistic portrayal of that event. So you do indeed have aloha shirts that sort of, you know, they're our current interpretation of fake news or Mm. version of fake news. Yeah, and one of the shirts that we... Um, acquired that was from the 1960s is a bright pink shirt it's got white hibiscus it's what you know your stereotypical aloha shirt that you often see in films you know because aloha shirts are sort of used to sort of communicate carefreeness vacations holidays it it was that sort of shirt this shirt from a company called calapico features a native Hibiscus. So most of the hibiscus you see on aloha shirts are imported species. Wherefore, someone like Calopico, a company set up by three women, two of whom are botanists, it's really important to educate people and share information about actual indigenous plants. And this plant, it's a beautifully scented plant, but it's also sort of quite endangered. So the forest habitats that it exists in are under threat. They use their website and their tags to um, tell people about this amazing plant, um, but also to encourage them to take action. So they're 
swing tags often come with this call to action and also part of that proceeds often will go into environmental conservation programs. The plants that are native to Hawaii, are they the hibiscus, are they rare or are they dying out? Or? Well this one's quite rare and it, it, it is under threat so that's, that's what they're trying to communicate with this shoot that you need to look at the indigenous beauty and put more effort into um, preserving the native species. Oh, we got an amazing matching jumpsuit from Wahine Toa, yeah. This is Sonia Withers. She comes from a menswear design and textiles background. Um, when we met with Nita, um, who's the, she's sort of like the founder and the creative force behind Wahine Toa, she explained how um, a lot of her designs are quite popular among the younger generation. So she had these really beautiful jumpsuits and matching fabrics to the shirts and you'll sort of see people coming in or the younger folks coming in to get matching with their boyfriends or their partners for special events like weddings and things like that. She does a lot of matching stuff for bridal parties as well and so going on this co-collecting trip um, really broke down those rules for me and seeing how successful designers like Mana Ola were sort of embracing the market and their indigenous knowledge even though they had no formal training in fashion. Um, I'll show you one of the shirts yeah. anyway. We met him just after he'd come back from New York Fashion Week. That's actually really styly, I have to say. So hard to describe the print, but I mean, even the cut, it's like a shorter, slimmer cut with um, little slits up the side, mm-hmm. short sleeves. And actually, you can imagine this on the streets of Wellington or anywhere totally. in the world. Yeah. It doesn't look like the general Aloha shirt that we would normally see on, in the media. Instead, it has really deep intentional meaning behind it. So it actually uses a pepper pattern. Well, it's made by an ohe kapala bamboo stamp, which is used in kapa making. It's this idea of being used to fix the tail end of canoes, but it's also transcended that meaning to mean something of like rekindling a friendship or fixing a relationship. So would someone who was a local there buy that shirt knowing that that was... I'm not sure if they would specifically purchase it Mm -hmm. for that reason, but a lot would recognise this historic symbol as being connected to something like that. The way in which Manaola uses like fashion to sort of transcend his indigenous knowledge and his genealogy and hula and kapa making is really fantastic. How would you describe what his aesthetic is? I think some would consider it high fashion, but at the same time he's also very accessible. For instance, when they opened the show, his sister did like a hula chant to open the show. He also does women's wear as well. He's not restricted to one set of rules, and you can see it in who's wearing it, how they're wearing it, and what they're wearing as well. So, so what do his contemporaries sort of feel about his designs? Is he deconstructing like the idea of what the Aloha shirt and the tradition is, in a way, and kind of contemporising it? I don't feel like he's deconstructing it. I feel like he's he just yeah, and he's just sort of like using it as a way to carry on his message and stuff, but with respect to his elders. So he's sort of been brought up through other established aloha wear designers, but embracing the new and using it as a way to transcend that knowledge. So, I mean, the the main thing about this shirt that strikes me is really the cut, isn't it? Yeah. That just totally brings it into today and makes it totally. kind of yeah. cool. He's I even guess. done like aloha suit jackets and things like that. Yeah. The print is becoming more of the focus and then the fashion cut is sort of just like the vessel that's carrying the print and the message. Is there one with a hood there as well? Oh, yes. 
I guess this is another example of, you know, not being restricted to the short sleeve look. This is a Sixane one. It wasn't just designed by Sixane, it was designed by himself, his wife and his son. Um, and it's got a lot of meaning behind immigration and navigation um, and star mapping. And So you've got the Man Ray, schools of Man Ray, the little fish. Oh. And then these are the star patterns, so it's a cons- galaxy constellation. And then this is um, a particular type of braided rope from a, a particular plant that Zig Zane talks about. Um, it, it's something that keeps families together. So this Hawaiians wear their aloha shirts loud and proud. It's just part of the everyday life. Like we went to one really beautiful event um, at the University of Hawaii and you can see among the masses who's wearing what and who's a fan of who. So like Manola was one of the really popular designers and you could see it in the shirts and the dresses people were wearing. Or you might see the Zig Zanes out there as well. Every Indigenous designer has this really nice aesthetic attached to them but also has a sense of locality, like where they're based in Hawaii. And, and you'll hear people talk about if they're going to visit one island that they'll make a special trip to see that certain designer to collect something from them. So, yeah. It feels very intimate. Yeah. If we think about what aloha means, it is about love. The level of intention and depth in the design of the aloha shirt is way more profound than I would have expected. So it just goes to show, too, that clothing can send a powerful message about how we think, where we feel we belong, and even our confidence in showing that to the world. I think also if you can recognise what someone's wearing, you're already reading something about them without talking to them. You can see who's made it, you have an idea where it's from, and I guess that can also create a really nice sense of starting a conversation with them if you don't know them. So it's, you know, it's that kind of nice neighbourly love, I guess. Luana Neffs, who's from the Hawaiian Force, which is a company she set up with her husband, Craig, she very much talks about it as wearable art. And, of course, some people can read it, some people can't. It's very much a subtle form of communication. Yeah, and quite a powerful one, really, as well. Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd hear a lot about women purchasing aloha shirts for either their husband, their father, or their sons, that kind of thing. Like, that's an act of love as well and intentionality behind the shirt, too, so... You know how jeans and a t-shirt are commonplace in the office on casual Friday? Well, we have the Hawaiians to thank for that. Who knew? You see, in Hawaii there was a period where the aloha shirt wasn't deemed suitable in the office because it had become, I guess, a trademark of the tourist industry. But that attitude changed and Claire also has some ideas about the matter. Hawaiians wanting to be able to dress in a more suitable way for the climate as opposed to the aloha shirts had become associated with tourist industry and, you know, wanting to get rid of the tie and the, and, and the jacket. And so there was this great campaign called Operation Liberation, promoting the aloha shirt and sort of campaigning for people to be able to wear more casual clothes. And, yeah, that gave rise to Aloha Friday, which, of course, was a boon for all the aloha shirt manufacturers. In the 1990s, that sort of ended up, I think, going through sort of California and turning into Casual Friday. I mean, who would have thought that something that was very distinctly about their cultural and their environment would actually travel? The aloha industry did respond. So someone like Zig Zane and I think with Manu Ola, a lot of 
of their shirts have the button-down collar. They're a little bit more formal than, say, your sort of more weekend or tourist shirt. You know, particularly the politician's shirt or the executive shirt or the CEO shirt. You know, the Aloha shirt's been going since the early 1900s that it's become so ingrained in society there, especially with Operation Liberation Project and the Hawaiian Fashion Guild's influence and the big part of the industry is Hawaiian shirts and the exports and imports. And the research trip had an impact on Sonia, who was part Samoan. I didn't wear a lot of politasis or island-flavoured fabrics because being a textile artist or designer, I, you know, I'm very specific about what I like to wear, but after coming back from Hawaii, I have the sense of being really proud to wear it now because it, it signifies who I am. So you see, clothing really can strengthen your sense of identity. We met a lot of men who had massive collections of aloha shirts. Mm. You know, yeah, it was they so are obsessive compulsive. Yeah, but it, and it's so nice to be somewhere where people are wearing a lot of colour, are wearing a lot of pattern, and to have these great conversations with men about their passion for their shirts. One said, "A good shirt makes you happy. It's an emotional thing." Thanks, Claire and Sonia from Te Papa. And now you'll never look at an aloha shirt in the same way ever again. I don't think I will. Thanks for listening. I'm Sonia Sly for My Heels Are Killing Me and this episode was engineered by William Saunders. To catch up on Heels episodes that you might have missed, you can go to the RNZ series and podcast page, click on Heels for the full rundown or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Stitcher, Radio Public and wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you next time. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is... Another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.